Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is the other host here, Scotty Bentley. He is also host at Locked On Tigers. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Going to keep plugging that uh, until those numbers get bumped up. Got to keep bumping those numbers. Pump them up, baby. YouTube, baby. You got to pump it up, don't you know? It's been growing at a steady pace. Our listeners have been doing a very good job. You You guys rock, as always. Um, yes. you all ball as a, we ball, we a ball, just we a community ball, a ball. as a community. We, I like that. That's good. We ball. Um, the Red Wings did not ball this weekend. <laughs> they, they, they certainly did not, especially by Sunday. There was, there was very little balling by, no. uh, by Sunday. Um, Fridays. I mean, I, I was, I was actually Pretty, pretty damn pleased with Friday's game, to be honest with you. I, I mean, that's a, that's a, I would say close to significantly better roster uh, that we played really well. The only reason it was two goals was because of a, an emptier at the end. Um, I, I was, I was pretty, pretty damn pleased with, with how well they played Friday. Sunday, on the other hand, was, was uh, kind of a, a train wreck. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame too, because, we talked about on Friday how excited we were just to have hockey back and like to be able mm-hmm. to preview a game and there were going to be two games this weekend, come back with three. We were hoping they'd get at least one win. We could, you know, and then we could do a little quick, he, how do you do about the, the loss and then focus on the win? Well, they lost both games. <laughs> not, that help. you know, not, I would say it's, it's probably not how we drew it up. Uh, but no, you know, not really. <laughs> You know, we're uh, we, we we still ball. It's just like you know, we make not, two. no, it's, it's just not quite how we drew it up. It's still great to be able to talk about a game, though, and th- in this For case, sure. games. And like you said, the the Washington game was probably the better of the two, despite the fact that they still ended up losing uh, that one three to one. I thought they played overall uh, very close with the Washington Capitals for the first Agreed. forty minutes. Uh, they got on the the got on the board first, uh, thanks to Pew Suter banking in the rebound. It was kind of like a, a shot pass by Gagne off the pads of uh, the goaltender for the Washington Capitals in that game, and and he buried the rebound. But after that, it was you know all Capitals all game long. Uh, Kuznetsov and then Ovechkin netted too. I mean, you, you're not going to win many hockey games with Alex Ovechkin scoring. Uh, that's just that's just hard, cold hard facts. Yeah, and he scores in quite a lot of them, right? Uh, it's you know, like we talked about how how earlier this year we had we had kind of found a, a way to limit Ovi, um, you know the the infamous the one game where uh, he he didn't get a shot on that. Like they they've proven to be able to to kind of shut down. I don't know if shut down's even the right word, but limit uh, somewhat contain top end talent like that and and yeah he, he let one in and and like you said you're not gonna you're not gonna beat the caps too often when Ovi is uh is scoring goals and we didn't um but but like you like we said at the beginning I mean 
the the as a whole, I, I thought the team looked pretty good, and I, I was kind of riding a, a little bit of a high of confidence going into Sunday. Uh, that didn't last very long, but I I I mean I, I was pretty I was pretty pleased for the most part. Yeah, the problem was is you know they played as I said the first two periods pretty hard, but in the third period it, the all offense kind of just sizzled out and it became Washington Capitals game the entire time. They took another for bad sure. penalty. Um, and that led to Alex Ovechkin, you know, around his wheelhouse. It wasn't his typical office, so to speak. Uh, he, he was, was in the of, building, though. He was in the building. You know, he, you know, he, he wasn't in his cubicle, but he he had he was he was in work. Like he was yeah. he was at he was at the job. He had clocked in. He just he wasn't sitting down at the desk yet. No, he was he was in the break room getting a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, uh, getting the water, shoot, shooting the crap at the water cooler or something. Yeah. No, he wasn't in the left circle, but he was he was above it uh, near the blue line where he you know unleashed his slap shot and his one timer. And Thomas Grice, God bless him, did all he could, and it just trickled through his five hole, and then ended up being the game winner. And then he capped it off with an empty netter, and it's just the team's got to find a way to play all sixty minutes, and that's just something that they're continuing. It's part of the growing pains. Of a, of a of team that is learning, uh, a sure. young team that is learning. And it's just they got to – the same thing can be said against with the game against the Boston Bruins, which we'll get into in the second segment probably. Being able to play the full 60 minutes is, you know, it sounds obvious when you say it, but, like, not all teams do it. And the teams that do it are the ones who win games. And Red Wings don't do it yet. No, it's a it's a step in, in team development. I mean, it, it like you go from – just being bad all the time, which we a couple two seasons ago we were, and then you get to this kind of growing pains kind of a an area where you have good stretches or or you you know you have a couple games that you play really well or a couple periods within a game that you play really well, but playing a full sixty is is what good teams do. And it's it's something that, you know, when you have a young team that has talent, young, young, good, I mean, great talent um, and you and you start kind of like, OK, you see the flashes and you see and you see good stretches and you see two periods in a row of, of pretty good hockey. And uh, but but playing a full 60, no matter the score, is a, is a really big step in development that that really separates in any sport good teams okay teams and great teams yeah and you're 100 right on that um i know thing too <laughs> i love the confidence not, not next time i'm gonna tell you you're wrong and and then i'm gonna reiterate everything you said see, <laughs> see what the thing is i i'm also the person that if you go you're wrong i'll i'll say i i know to that as well <laughs> so yeah you're, you're gonna be right either way i guess it's true. As long as as long as I look good in the end, I don't care what you look right. like. So you know, right? We got to give you the big text. Oh big wait, text wait, wait hold on. where's the where is it at? <laughs> there we go. I'm more. I'm a more important or more important or. Yeah, just make text. Just make your screen huge, and I'll I'll just be. And I can't. Once we have like a big disagreement, it's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> see there it is. It's gonna happen. It's gonna uh, happen. Anyways. Uh, Tom, I'm just keep doing the segment like this. Are we? I was gonna say, are we, am I? Am I staying small right? You're now? you're in you're in the penalty box, so to speak. You, All right, literal, I, the literal penalty box. I I agreed with you, and I and I and I'm putting the penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thomas Grice got the start in that game, and that was something that caught us off guard. He actually played 
pretty well, all things considered. I mean, they they he was good. <laughs> yeah, no, he played fine. I the only the one goal, the the slap shot from Alex Ovechkin, the one timer that squeaked through his five hole. Like part of me is like, I want to critique him or not crit- critique, but criticize him for allowing one through the five hole a squeaker like that. But again, it was Alex Ovechkin who unleashed the shot. I mean, he tw- made twenty four of twenty six saves. He he gave put the Red Wings in a position to win. As out of an as out of a choice as it was, though, that's the that's the thing that I'm trying to get at is it it's weird that we were so confident that Nendelkovic would be the starter because he yeah. feels like the starter at this point. That after 13 days off, they would give Thomas Grice the start, and I I'm trying to wrap my head around, and he played fine. I'm not complaining about his performance. I'm just saying I'm trying to wrap my head around why they started him over Nendelkovic when Nendelkovic feels at this point like the clear and away starter. Yeah, to, to me it feels like I mean. Like it could have been situational and just like they looked ahead and said, okay, we got, we got two games in our first three days back. Um, the, but, but, and it's a tough two first games, like two, two, the wings, uh, you know, I'm not going to say credit, but I, I guess a slight excuse on their hand. I mean, that, those are two tough teams to come back from after not playing for two weeks, but, I, I, part of me was thinking, you know, it maybe, maybe they thought Ned would, would, just matchup wise matchup better against Boston. And, and that was, that was the way they wanted to go because they did have two games really close there uh, within each other. So maybe it had something to do with that. And, and just thinking that, I don't know. I don't I, like, that's really the only thing I can think of because I mean, we talked about how just flat out shocked we, <laughs> we would be. If, if Ned wasn't the start of the first game back and then he wasn't. So I, uh, the only thing I can think of really is, is that, is that they just looked ahead and, and thought, uh, you know, may, may, we, we want our starter against Boston instead of Washington, I guess. But, but I mean, they're both damn good teams. So I don't know. Well, and it maybe also has something to do with the fact that he was in COVID protocol and, you know, just giving him a little bit more, another couple, another couple days to, you know, get his, feet back underneath him so to speak or it could just be as simple as what you were saying is they just it was a matchup situation but i know that in the past they have done i mean they did nadelkovich for four consecutive starts and in that stretch there was like one day off between games so it, right. it, I, i'm not so much sold that they just wanted to do one and then the other like maybe maybe it was also they just wanted to get grice some workload i mean it's been 13 days off for him too at the very mm-hmm. least so i mean he needs a game here and there there's there, there's could be multiple reasons i'm not really too worried about it uh, in the long run, I'm more worried about Nedeljkovic's performance he had against Boston because that was not so yeah, hot. Much um, more worried about the performance than I am the the, the who started which game for sure. Yeah, and we still got to talk about Mort Sider's performance in that Washington game because he was the standout guy altogether. Ooh-wee. He looked fantastic. But before we get to that, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Chemical spill, dog. Can you imagine that? I've I've had them before. Do do you know what a chemical spill tastes like for reference? You know, I've had other protein bars that are not as good, and so I, I can say I understand where they're coming from at a very minimum. Yeah, it's it's like some of them are straight up gross, dog. Yeah, actually, I've I've gone through the gambit looking for protein bars. And like real talk, I've looked through like tried so many different ones. And it, it, 
I'm not going to say brands. I'm not going to like shame brands live here, but a lot of them are exactly what they, I don't know about the chemical spill part, but chalky, like gross. There's just, some bad ones. man. It, it, it like, what is the point of it tasting supposedly tasting like chocolate chip or peanut butter brownie when it just is not appetizing whatsoever. And you don't get that problem with built bar because when it says it tastes like, you know, a pie, a raspberry pie, it tastes like a raspberry pie. And it, that's in a hundred percent, with it being covered in 100% real chocolate helps in all the right ways. Um, and it's only 130 calories with four grams of sugar with four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar and a dozen net carbs. So make sure you go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Looking for his first goal in eight. In for Raymond, the choice scores! Lucas Raymond gets his eighth goal and his 20th point, leading all rookie categories. All right, Scotty, as we continue to break down the Washington Capitals loss that occurred on Friday, New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's, by the way. I don't think I even mentioned Happy New Year's, brother. Happy New Year's. Maybe, do you got any New Year's resolutions? For yourself, um, not the Red Wings. I mean, like, I don't know. I I've I've never been big on like uh, like super. I don't know. Specific is that the right word? Like New Year's resolutions like that. Like, oh, I want to eat less of this specific thing, or I want to work out more, or whatever. But I'm I'm still very much on. You know, I I the last couple of years, especially, I've really just gone into it and and wanted to. If I can look back at the end of the year and know that I made strides with my mental health and everything that I got going up on here, I'll be a happy camper. And that's been that's been the last few years for me. So that's more of a general sense. But uh, but that's that's usually my uh, my my thought going into most New Year's. That's a good that's a good resolution to have. Mental health is a, is a good one. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I like I mean everybody who who you know, follows me and keeps tabs on me is, is aware of, uh, my, my advocacy. That's a word, yeah. right? Advocacy for, a uh, it's a good for, word too. Hell yeah. Look at me. Um, for, uh, for that kind of stuff. I mean, my sign off for, for the tigers show is, is literally going to therapy's dope. That's literally my, my <laughs> sign off one that I end every episode with. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely my, uh, my, my, biggest one you know like you, you you go into it you're like oh like i i could do this more this more whatever but for the most part that's that's really what uh what my main focus is going into uh going into most new years and this one yeah mine is the grow more hair you know what i i respect that i really do respect fight. that you know how, do you think you're gonna win it we'll have to see i don't know there's <laughs> a lot of time will tell only we time just, will tell. You know what? We need to get like uh, like a hymns ad. There we you get, go. So they send me some free product. There you go. Hair back. We'll talk there to the people go. upstairs. Be like, hey, you got any hair growing supplement people that might want to uh, <laughs> want to sponsor the show? We'll check in uh, in 2023 and see if I follow through on this resolution to grow more hair on my head. All right. Everybody bookmark it. First episode of 2023. <laughs> Brian is showing us his head. And we're seeing the, the hair difference Beautiful. from today to then.
I wish I had Moritz Sider's flow. I also wish I could play like Moritz Sider. I, I can't do well, either you're, of Well, you're those. more of an enforcer, Brian. Yeah, yeah. And I'm more of an enforcer. <laughs> That's why I, I separated my shoulder just grabbing a guy the other day. Uh, Moritz Sider. Let him know what's up. He was the one bright spot in both these games, I think. Consistently looked good. More, more so in the Washington game, but to an extent in the Boston Bruins game, too. And, you know, surprise, surprise, the guy who's like, you know, 1A or 1B in the Calder Trophy, you know, uh, early polls has been surprisingly good. But it, more so in these these last two games because of his physicality. You know, we've seen a lot of his defensive capabilities uh, in the start of the season, in the first half of the season. We've seen a lot of his offensive capabilities in the first half of the season. Well, the one aspect we really haven't gotten a ton of that we got tons of highlights of all throughout uh, the season last year when he was in Sweden was his physicality. And these last two games, his physicality has shown, especially that one shift that went viral where he hit three guys. And that third hit was Dowd, who came like basically get, trying to get revenge for the first two guys, but was like running him. And Sider saw him coming and like, he, he plays it so smart. He acts like he doesn't see them coming. And the last second, he just shoulder to him. Shoulder to chest, and Dowd like had to like embellish it, and make it look like he was hurt, and started a whole scrum. And but yeah, they both ended up getting coincidental minors. But it, just the more Sider physicality came out in full force, and I was all about it. I'm like, this is what we need out of him. This is what we need from the team in general for them to stand up for themselves. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I I think I I have no reservations i don't think off the top of my head i think that might be the best single game he has looked all year i mean oh, he was yeah. he was phenomenal he i mean he was uh he, he was great offensively really good passing and and as you said i mean there there were several shifts in that game where you could point and go that might be his best shift of the year and then he went out and had another phenomenal one and another phenomenal one um i i really Nothing comes to mind. No game comes to mind. I, I think that might have been the uh, the best performance he's had all year, and and he was he was unbelievable. And he gets you pumped up about the future. He gets you pumped up mid game. Uh, it's especially like you said when it's physical like that. I mean that that kind of stuff just amps you up. And and for the first two periods, I mean for really the whole game, it was it was such a such a close game that, that I mean that that really gets you excited gives you a little kick in the pants and and most I I mean what else can you say I I can't wait to see the the heights that he reaches here because I I truly think that this is a this is a only the beginning kind of a, a thing that we're witnessing right now and and I'm really pumped for years in the future and I'm really pumped for just the second half of this season because I mean, that was that was an incredible way for him to come back from that two-week break. Yeah, and he also was tied in the team leader in shots in the game with Larkin, who's always, you know, a safe bet. He just – Larkin will take shots for anywhere, any angle half the time. Oh, yeah. Larkin makes sure he gets his shots. He gets his shots. Uh, if you're a betting man, I'm telling you. If you're one of those apps that actually lets you bet, like, over-under and shot totals – Always bet the over with Larkin because he's going to hit it. That man takes shots from any angle. He's a, um, he's a beauty. But Sider from the back end also had the team lead with three shots in that game. I mean, there wasn't a lot of shots by the Red Wings. I think they only shot the puck 20 times on that. But, yeah, you know. 20 to 27, I think, was the final. Yeah, he's playing super there. physical in his own defensive end. But then on the blue line, he's generating his own chances. Like, he's just – he is 
so quickly becoming the complete package and the number one D-man that this team needs. And we we've not the first time we've said that, but it's just every single, even the bad games, he goes out there and he impresses. Say the same thing about Lucas Raymond, who had a quiet two games this weekend, but they have been um, consistently the bright spot in even the worst games, and he just did it again. What would it take for Mo Sider to not win the Calder at this point? I It would have to take either a horrible second half of the season by him, like just advanced metric-wise, he's just god-awful, like the wheels just fall off, or Lucas Raymond or Trevor Zegers would have to like explode for, I don't know, like they'd have to find the net way more than they already are. I mean, Zegers is the player, the rookie of the month for December, Mm-hmm. And because he had uh, 11 points in nine, nine games, including that incredible assist he had, he's having a great season in his own right. Um, I, I, I think Moritz Sider's the best rookie out of the three right now, but I think that Moritz Sider's hindered by the fact that he's a defenseman, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest. For sure. And because when it comes to whenever anyone votes anything that includes both parties, they're always going to be biased towards forwards because forwards generate goals. Yep. And that's what people like to see, even like the Norris Trophy voting. Um, for best defense. Oh yeah, I mean we've seen by the yeah. highest goal scoring defenseman. We, I mean, yeah, we we've seen some we've seen some subpar defensive defensemen win the Norris because they score a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah. and it's um, obviously Morrisider's getting the credit he deserves because in a lot of the polls he is he's comfortably at the top. Yeah, top three, top two every single time uh, with Lucas Raymond. But in, in the end, I think he is going to have to far outshine his counterparts um, comparably by like his de- defense is going to have to far outshine their offensive production. Yep. Um, just because of the way that these poll, these these people who vote on these things view offensive production higher than they view good, solid defense. For sure. No, absolutely. I think uh, I think if I was a betonline.ag betting man, I would have to go. Cider one, like by the end of the season, I think Zegras probably ends at two. Cider one and Raymond three. I think really? that is that is where that is what I would do. Well, I, what I, I, not what I would do. What I think will end up happening. Yeah, I think that Cider is definitely uh, comfortable at number one too. Right now, I think Raymond is still outpacing Zegras. I think if the season ended today, Raymond would be two. Yeah, you think I agree term. with that? I, I, um, yeah. By after game eighty-two, I think. Okay. Z- I mean, Zegras has looked phenomenal, and I, I think the Ducks also probably stay a little bit more competitive than uh, than the Wings might long-term as well, which will help him being a – if he's a young forward, one of the highest point totals on the team, rookie forward on a, on a team that's pushing for a, for a playoff spot possibly, I, I think that that might give him an edge too. Well, thankfully, Cider uh, also had a pretty, a pretty strong game um, – well, no one really had a strong game, I should say. Relatively uh, speaking. Relatively strong. Had a strong yeah. game, sure. Uh, compared to the rest of his team on Sunday. Uh, but we'll get to that um, after this break. And picked up neatly by Larkin. He's got two goals. Larkin in on goal. Scores! His first career hat trick in his seventh season for Dylan Larkin. It's 4 to 1. All right, Scotty. Moritz Sider in the 5-1 loss on Sunday had another nice counter hit on uh, Pasternak, who I don't know why people keep trying to 
you know, take out more, et cetera. I guess it's kind of trying to like take him down a peg because he's a rookie, but he's just a, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't fall down. It's a he's tough like, thing to do, man. Yeah. He's, he's a like, tree. He's six foot four and that's tall yeah. by hockey standards. The guy it's is a tough just, thing to do. You, you can't do it. And um, that is one of the few bright spots that even happened in that Boston Bruins games because they lost five to one after taking an early lead scored by Moritz or not Moritz Setter. I had him on my brain. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, his third goal in three games because he had two goals in the Devils game two weeks ago. Um, you know, that's a bright spot. And the other bright spot was the Mesnikov getting into a fight with Marshawn. It's honestly more of a hugging match than a fight, but just a fire out of a Mesnikov. I'm, I, I, I love that. Match. He was riled up, I baby. Love him. He, he was, was riled up. He was riled the, up. He's pulling Antonio Brown, trying to pump the crowd out <laughs> as, he, as he left the ice. I hope I hope that's the only type of Antonio Brown antics he pulls. <laughs> but my goodness, man, he w- he was fired up. Yes. I mean, I don't know. That's one where like I wish they would release, like they would mic people up and release the tape because I would love to know what what Marchand said because he was he was fired up, man. He was he was feeling it. He was. I think everyone just hates Marshawn. Well, yes, I, that is that is absolutely true. I think everybody that outside of the city of Boston hates Brad Marchand. But I, I mean, like I, I don't know. Like we don't we don't see that out of him very often. And I I would love to know what was said because he he was he was spitting some game, man. He was he was fired the hell up, Scotty. I know we're trying to hold off on trade deadline talk before like a, an episode or maybe even two episodes about it. Yeah, th- we, those trade deadline special episodes are going to hit. But Nesnikov, man, I, I know he's in the last year of his contract and he's playing really well this year, but I, I love him on this team so much and what he brings. Like, you can you can tell he wants to be in Detroit. Honestly, the same. I feel that same way with Sam Gagne. I feel like those two guys love playing here. And, I, I mean, I would understand trading them, but, like, with the way Nesnikov is playing, with the grit he's bringing like Nemestikov's bringing grit that's not his game and like it's just I, I mean I he's looking it. nice he's looking nice he's looked nice all season we've talked about it it's not even a sneaky good season anymore he's now he's the fifth most productive productive forward on the team on in a career year for him I, I and you know he's got the roots here there's so many of the players in the, the coaching staff have their roots here which is part of what makes the Detroit Red Wings so special but I would I would I would understand, but I would hate to see him get dealt because of the, the just the style of play he has been bringing. Like he gives it all every single game, and he has a little bit of talent to back it up. Yeah, I mean, he's there's no denying that he's he's looked phenomenal this year. I I think, man, like the expiring deal makes it really hard. You know yeah. that that makes it that makes it really tough to uh, to to not to not flip him like it really I mean like he he hasn't had a season really even close to what he's doing production wise up to this point what he's on pace for uh in his career and and having having a career year on an expiring deal on a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs is like the poster child those are the three things it's if you if you wanted to if you wanted to cook up a recipe of how to make a trade deadline target those are the three exact things in order that you would add to it. I mean, no. he is he is he is the the prototype for for getting flipped at the deadline. So it's something like we'll we'll definitely look more in depth to it as the trade deadline gets closer. But 
I mean, I, I like, I, I mean, I'm with you. And in that same breath, I, I, I love what he brings to the team. I've loved watching him play this year, and uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be a, a really, really intriguing next, uh, next few weeks. Can we just pull the good old Robbie Fabry gets a random extension in the middle of the season? That like, could happen. I would, I would not be opposed to it. I mean, he's not. He's not over the hill yet. He's still got a few more good years. It doesn't have to be a long-term contract. Obviously, he's you know on pace to have a career year here in Detroit, so he'd be looking for a little bit more term and probably a little bit more money. But I wouldn't be, you know, he's a solid middle six four. You can slot him in the second line and need be. He's he shines on the third line to be honest. Like you put him on the third line and he's producing. He's a better third line forward than most of the third line forwards in the league because he's he's a middle six, four, like he can go in either spot. So you put him on the third line, he's going to shine there in his limited minutes. And so you give him a, a two or three year extension at whatever rate, as long as it's not astronomical. And I trust Stevie, I mean, to, would, wouldn't sign him to an astronomical deal. He's not Ken Holland that um, I, I would be okay with it. I mean, he's a really good depth forward for this team. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a couple of, of, guys last year that we thought were close to guaranteed trade uh, targets on on the team that ended up not getting moved. Um, But I I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I I wouldn't mind at all him getting a nice little, you know, couple of year extension for for the right price. A little hot, a little how's it going? Uh, But, but, it's it's just given like I said, given those three things and given the situation, it's really also very hard to see a situation and a scenario uh, to where he's he's kind of just locked up here the the day after the deadline as well. Or you could say locked on. Ha 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 Yeah, but outside of Cider and Nemesnikov, it was a real bad game. They that lost it. five to one. That was it. Um, it was a tough game. Nedeljkovic did not play well. I mean, granted, he was peppered. He faced 37 shots, but he let in, you know, five, five of those 37 shots. It's not good. And a lot of them were like, he. you could tell he expected the shot to go mid-glove, went over his shoulder. You know, there were a couple of ones that puck went short side, went under his glove, over his pad. Like, just puck, shots, goals where he was in position and just didn't make the save. And we don't Which is bag on... Yeah, we don't bag in Nedeljkovic a lot, but it's just frustrating when stuff like that happens. And, you know, it's a, it's an outlier in his performance so far this season. But, you know, when you have a team like Boston who has five games in hand on you and is literally right below you in the playoffs chasing that second wild card seed, you need Nedeljkovic to come out and have a great game. But, you know, it's not all on him. The team only played like the first 30 to 40 minutes anyways. I mean, the team as a whole didn't play well. It's just that if you're an NHL team, an NHL franchise that is trying to push for the playoffs and make it a case to be a, a legitimate playoff contender, you cannot lose games to the team that has five games in hand on you. And you can't lose five to one to the team that has five games in hand on you. And that's the second time they've lost five to one of the Bruins this season. Just a bad game. Yeah. And, and you know, given the division and where the teams are in the standings and all that, like it's, it's a really, it's a really tough pill to swallow. Um, the, the one kind of, Silver lining, I guess. One small bright spot on the whole weekend um, was the... the <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a phenomenal game. 
Um, Johnny Kane, great on the call, by the way. Yes, he was. He did an awesome job. Phenomenal. Um, the faceoff percentage was actually like, I mean, we we kind of blew Washington out of the water with it. I think it was sixty five thirty five, and then even the the Bruins game were. As everybody knows, we got washed uh, still barely by like literally one faceoff win, I think. Uh, beat them, edged them out as well. So just a, a nice little silver lining that's an important part of the game. And uh, I don't know, end on a high note, I guess. Just something to, to keep in mind at, at least at, at, at a bare minimum. Uh, if, if we can hang our head on something, even when the team's not playing well, that, that's a pretty damn good thing to uh, to be able to hang your hat on. It's great to be able to get possession right off the get-go, but you have to be able to maintain possession after that fact, and that's where they're Which struggling. is a tough th- – yeah, especially in, in like, neutral ice. I oh, mean, yeah. in, in the middle of the ice, it is it is turnover city, man. It's it's really rough. There's a and, – and it's like it, it doesn't matter how. Like, there's bad passes that are intercepted. There's just getting poked. I mean, like, it's – Every way you can fathom a turnover just happens in in neutral ice. It's it's really it's it's not great. No, far 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 far. And on a high note, though, good faceoffs this weekend. I won't Whoa. mention the power play then this episode. All right, we'll mention we'll we'll, we'll leave it <laughs> off at that. The team lost both games this weekend. There were bright spots. The b- biggest one is they're back on the ice playing hockey again after 13 days yes. off. Um, they play the Sharks on Tuesday. So we'll have a game preview for you guys tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, Scotty, any final thoughts? I guess you can't say your your typical final thought anymore. Yeah, man. We're a uh, proud season. Proud season still. Not the way we wanted it to end, but uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be damned if I'm going to hang my head on a season in which we beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten. So uh, we we ball, and, um, yeah, no, no, no more uh, – no more go blue as the final thoughts, but but hell of a year. I'm proud of the boys. There we go. There we have it. Thanks for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. Like I said, be back with you guys tomorrow with another episode. Uh, same time, same place. It is your team every day. Every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.